What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 42 of Hit the Books. On this week's episode, we have concluded the NBA and the NHL Finals, so we have a huge recap in the Finals in both those leagues coming up. Now it's time to fully focus on the MLB and the upcoming NFL season with our weekly MLB Power Rankings and lots more to cover this week on Hit the Books. So let's move into this week's episode and introduce my co-hosts that join me each and every week, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Mackie, let's start it off with you this week, buddy. What's going on? How's it going? Yeah, feeling good. Um, obviously, we saw the NBA and NHL finals come to a close this week, so uh, we're rolling with baseball for the next two months. Um, couldn't be more excited, I guess. But uh, yeah, we saw those those final series end, and um, we got a lot to say about those, obviously. So um, yeah, that's about it. Looking forward to hearing more from you this week, Mackie. Ace, let's shoot it over to you next. What do you got for us, buddy? Yeah, like Mackie said, obviously it's a tough time when the NBA and NHL both come to a close and so abruptly, too. was hoping for some more life out of those series, but uh, I'm ready to talk some baseball and get into that as well and some NFL uh, preseason chatter as well. So been cooking on the cards last few weeks, ready to get rolling, talk some more sports. Let's do it. Let's do it. Huff, let's finish it off with you before we jump into this episode. What do you got for us? Not much coming from me. Uh, good week last week on the card. Like A said, the DraftKings uh, prize pool came to an end. We announced our winner on uh, social media. This, uh, I believe we did it today, and uh, DraftKings sent out all the winnings. So shout out to everyone that hit on that. We had a good amount of winners. Uh, the way it got split up with a couple of the ties. So uh, it was good to see that. Um, like you said, the NHL and NBA come to an end. Denver uh, clinches that series in five, and Vegas as well in five. So two short final series, but... Uh, we'll get into those in a little bit. Not much else coming from me, though. Pretty good week. All righty. Let's start off this week's episode with the NHL. The Florida Panthers took game three of the Stanley Cup Finals. Matthew Kachuk scored the tie of the game late with the goalie pulled to force overtime, where the Panthers would become 8-0 in overtimes during these playoffs, defeating Vegas by a score of 3-2. Vegas led the series 2-1 then. In game four in Sunrise, Florida by... The Golden Knights took Game 4 in Sunrise, Florida by a score of 3-2. Vegas was able to fight off a late push by the Panthers to secure a commanding 3-1 series lead, heading back to Vegas for Game 5 on Tuesday. The end of the game erupted after the Panthers were just inches away from tying the game. Fans throwing stuff on the ice, players all over the place. So a bunch of junk going on at the end of that game. Going into Game 5, the Vegas Golden Knights defeated the Panthers by a score of 9-3, an absolute just blowout to win the series by a score of four to one and the, with that the Vegas Golden Knights are your Stanley Cup champions Jonathan Marcheseau will was crowned with the Consmite trophy for the most valuable player during the playoffs tons to unpack here in this finals in the NHL Stanley Cup awarded to the Vegas Golden Knights who wants to start us off I'll start us off here because I was I was the one that was on them I picked them in this series I did say it was going to go six games but uh, when it was coming back to Vegas, uh, 3-1, Florida didn't look like they had much life left in them. Kachuk didn't play in Game 5. We failed to mention that in that note. But um, Vegas was the better team throughout most of the series. And uh, the one that they lost in the overtime game uh, when Florida fought back, you knew that they were going to win that game when it went to overtime. They've had their way in overtime all throughout these playoffs. So Jesse said it, they're 8-0. Um, but Vegas, Aiden Hill stood on his head at times in this series. When they were at home, I, I mean, it was 7-2. What five two seven two nine three? They were just dominant on their home ice in this series, and uh, where they were able to steal one on the road, and that's all you got to do. And 
Uh, they were able to wrap this up in five games. I was excited, or I was, I was glad to see Eichel have a good, have a solid series just all over the ice. He didn't necessarily have the points that you'd expect a guy like him to have, but a great two-way uh, player. He definitely solidified himself as one of the one of the greats in the NHL. I think uh, very underrated in my opinion, but I think this gets him on the list for easily one of the best players up there, one of the most underrated in my opinion. But Mackie, I'll hand things off over to you. Um, I, you guys were on Florida, but I, I think you knew what you were dealing with with this Vegas team. Yeah, definitely. I, I, well, I learned pretty quick. Um, all playoffs, I just thought the cup was coming out of the East. Cup was coming out of the East because the East was just so much better the entire season. But um, Vegas was good all season. I think they had 107 or 109 points in the regular season, which is no joke. Obviously, um, they rolled in the in the regular season, but they didn't they didn't have that extra click to them. I don't think. And uh, this team definitely just connected at the right time. They clicked at the right time. The chemistry came. Everything came together. Um, Aiden Hill, the, the uh, X factor of the entire thing, I would say. Um, without him, you're you're definitely not winning a cup. I don't care how dominant you are. But uh, stood on his head. Uh, three straight series. Um, played really good hockey. This is what you need: a good goaltender, a hot goaltender. So um, everything just clicked at the right time for them. They all got hot at the right time. Uh, nobody was standing in front of that team. Not even a team like the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and like Aiden Hill, you're not wrong. I, I'm surprised by the way he played this whole run, honestly. Stepping in there as like the fourth goalie in my mind for the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know about you guys, but he really slammed the door shut and came up with some highlight reel saves that I didn't expect him to see. Um, were the zeros there this series? No, but he didn't need them because of how good that offense was, how good that team was in front of him. Um, Huff, what do you got about that? The thing I saw about Aiden Hill today was, uh, or last night during the game, I think he was 10 and four. Uh, I forget what his end up ending record was. I can't remember if I, they were showing the, the stat during the game or after the game, but he's the first goalie in NHL history to win that many games in that short amount of games um, and not play a game in the first round. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I, I mean, we, we talked about that unpack. series Obviously, too. that's kind of confusing the way I said it, but. I, he was like something like he's 10 and four and he didn't play in the first round. He's the first goalie to ever have that many wins in 14 games or 15 games or something like that. Yeah, it's, it was 11 and four off uh, and quickest to do. So it was during the game and last night counted as the 11th win. Right. I don't know, but Jack Eichel himself, I mean, without, I mean, with, with Marshall playing the way he did, it's hard not to give him the con smite, especially over uh, four straight playoff series because Eichel was kind of. I wouldn't say invisible the first two rounds, but he wasn't who he, who he should have been. But um, those last two series, especially that last one right there, Eichel was really turning it up a notch. And he was showing everyone um, what all the hype was really about with him being a second overall pick, being right behind McDavid his entire life. Well, he just proved that he can get a cup before him. And um, that's that's big. Getting a cup in the NHL is huge. Uh, it's definitely not the easiest thing to do. It's You can't do it alone. So um, being I'm a huge so role... I was so glad for how things worked out for him. Get out of Buffalo. He didn't like the situation he was in there. They didn't treat him good. He, they weren't letting him get the surgery he wanted to get. He was able to find a team that he wanted to go to, and they wanted him. It was a mutual kind of thing. They wanted to move forward, and Vegas was supportive with him to go get that surgery that he wanted because it wasn't like something that was super common. It was like a neck or a back surgery. I don't really remember, but he was on McAfee telling McAfee about the surgery and stuff, but I mean, I, I, to go from, you know, you absolutely hate the situation that you're in. And like you said, you're just compared to McDavid because you're number two behind him. And McDavid's setting all these records and doing these things. And Eichel's been on the IR for all these years and comes in for a year's first full season with Vegas and gets the job done. And like you said, in a in a role where 
he might not have had the most points and he might not have, you know what I mean, had the most goals and been the guy lighting the lamp in the, in the final series where everyone has the, the lights of the brightest and everyone's watching. But, I mean, the season that he had, like you said, and the playoffs that he had, I'm, I was really happy to see that. I wanted to see him get the con smite that cap it all off. But, like you said, March or so had a hell of a, had a, hell of a playoffs as well. It could have went to Stone, Eichel, or March or so. I mean, I, I, I just think all three of them are so good, and that just shows you the depth that they had. It wasn't really one guy. It was three guys, and then it was the rest of their depth players. Everything that, else. That's the reason yeah. they got it done, yeah. Yeah, um, I w- I, if you gave it to Stone, I'd say that's kind of biased to the last game, in my opinion. Don't do, don't get me wrong, in incredible playoffs, but um, I, I think right. it was more between Eichel, Marshall, and Aiden Hill. But in games like that, when you're winning 7-2, 5-2, 9-3, it's hard to give it to the goalie when the offense is just absolutely rolling like it's, that. Yeah, the, the goalie could let up 6-7, and he still and, won. And he didn't play in the first round. So, exactly. you know, it, it's tough to give it to Aiden Hill in that situation, but I'll tell you what. He didn't play in a series that they won in five games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they dominated without him. Yeah, exactly. But um, I'll tell you what, Eichel, Eichel gave up a a fight for that for that Conn Smythe towards the end of that series, towards the end towards the end of this playoff run. Um, He definitely turned it up a notch and showed what he can do. I, I, I really like Eichel. What he did I, on I, the first goal last night, I thought that was a frozen puck. I mean, most guys, like everyone, every hockey coach says, play till the whistle. It's literally under Bobrovsky. He just pokes at it, comes right out, bang, back of the net. Yeah. It was Hag that put it in. Dude, they just wanted it so bad. I've never seen a team buzz like that. Turn it up a notch like that in, in the Could playoffs. Could you imagine winning a Stanley Cup at home in Vegas? Like, you don't even need to go it's to Vegas. Thing, You're already fucking there. The only thing about it though is that like all those fans, I feel like they're not passionate. Like they're they're fake fans, dude. Like they're not passionate fans. They they're bought there them. for the like. Yeah, they're all like, come on. Like it's not like winning a cup in Pittsburgh or even New York. I, I wouldn't even. I can't even imagine what it would be like being in in the Garden for it uh for a for a Stanley Cup. But I mean, obviously it's dope. They're going crazy and shit. But you used to see people in the in the stands. Like, are, I know what you mean. Clap, I know what you mean. Just kind of clapping, like "Yay, we won!" Like, no, like that's crazy. They don't understand. It's like they've been so good. Last year was the first. I mean, they missed the playoffs last year, but like they've been so good in their existence. Like they don't understand what it's like to be bad for six, seven years in a row. Or like, I mean, our teams, even Aces, like the Bruins, like we've Bruins, Penguins, Rangers, we've all been relevant for our entire lifetime. Like we really don't know what it's like to be truly like bad. I'm not like. We're all kind of getting to that point where at least me and Ace are where our teams are kind of aging out. And we're going to have to start to figure this out or we're going to have to start to accept it. You know, like these this team, these teams, like they change fast. And like you said, with Vegas, like they haven't really had to deal with like the the suffering or like they've had some bad playoff losses. Like they lost to the Caps in their first year in the cup in five games. I guess that wasn't their best performance, but like no one expected them to win a cup. I mean, we heard their owner say make the playoffs by year three and win a cup by year six and lost in the cup year one and won a cup in year six. So yeah, six years into their organization and they've been to three uh, conference finals. So that's about two, as, as two cup successful. finals. Yeah. Two cup finals, a cup and three conference finals. They uh, go to the cup final two. Uh, they go to the cup final one out of every three years. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Two well, out of six. Uh, they've been there. It's pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, bring it, bring a team to Vegas. Looks good. It, it it is cool that all these teams are going to Vegas. It's the them winning just shows like the MLB with Oakland and like the Raiders them moving there. Like, oh, th- this can be a sports town. Like, obviously, like Mackie said, like you said about the fans and like they're not really real fans, but like 
because they haven't had a team. But like, I don't know. They might. Those could all be people that were like rooting for LA teams or like, you know what I mean? All these random teams because they never had a team. But I don't know. Obviously, hockey's different. I don't think hockey was very big in Las Vegas until they got there and were like we had, like we said, had the success that they had. But um, I don't know. Ace, was there anything else you wanted to, you wanted to add on about this? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw one shirt that really caught the tune of that whole Vegas crowd, and it was like the team I didn't know I needed, or something the, like that. The, t- the sport, the something like the team I didn't know the I sport needed. I didn't know it. I needed, and the team I didn't know I, I needed to love, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it was like spot on, and I think that those Vegas fans—they really bought into the hype. How can you not when your team's electric like that year in and year out? Um, I was the say management the success helped. Yeah, the management really just bringing in marquee players too, like left and right, making changes. You don't see that in in compete in competitive rosters. You don't see that turnover that like they have. They were letting guys like Pacioretty go. Talk. Those are like great players, and they. They built the team they knew they needed, and Bruce Cassidy fell right into their laps. Perfect spot for him, and uh, you could see it was electric there. Always put on a show. That's probably my favorite reason to watch the Knights. Um, honestly, I should have just really been more realistic than optimistic and known that these Vegas Golden Knights were a better team, but I bought into the hype that Matthew was alluding to earlier that the East was a gauntlet, but I should have seen that it's the fraudulent Leafs, the Eastern Conference Finals, hurricanes who don't know how to win when they get there and um i mean tough break with kachuk going down especially playing that you guys saw game four with the uh injury as well like that's that's crazy i mean that was the game they needed to grab game four to even that series up and if he's playing at anything less than even 75 percent, then that's a tough scene because he's the heart and soul of those florida panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights broke him down. Credit to them. All the credit in the world. Credit to Huff for picking that. Ever since he's been to Vegas, it's been it's been raining championships there now. So maybe you need to take a trip back for the Raiders or something and we can cash a ticket. Yeah, that uh, I don't know. I, I was literally I, I when I went there, I was like, I don't have a team. I'm just riding them and I wish I would have fucking took a cup future. That would have been great, but I'll take the conference finals. That was good. That was fun. 13 to 1, they were 14 to 1. Oh, that'd be great. And they steamrolled through this place. I know some of the series got a little bit tight along the way, but like, were they ever really in doubt of losing a series? Not too they often. Didn't, they, weren't, they weren't up against elimination until game seven in the conference finals. Yeah, in the Eastern, yeah, Western Conference finals. Um, That was game six, I thought. That was six, yeah. They won in six. They were never up against elimination. Did they go seven? Yeah, you're right. They were never. Yeah, you're right. They, didn't they six go seven against, with Dallas? Six Oilers, six Oilers, six Stars, five Winnipeg, and five. Yeah, they they were never up against elimination. That's I remember telling Jesse that whenever we cashed that bet, I was like, they literally were never up against elimination. Yeah, and you gotta love that on your side, just playing great hockey and never really trailing in games either. That was the other thing. Um, the outliers in series was always when they would blow somebody else out. If they were losing, it was a close match either way. Um, and those they goaltenders, didn't, they didn't lose. They didn't lose too many games. These playoffs, like you said, Jets in five. The one that one game they had to lose to the Jets was when I just so happened to fucking nuke them. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the the rest of the series, I mean, they just dominate them, and I kind of avoided them because I was pissed. But yeah, I don't know. It's tough, dude. But, but after like that said, game, after that game, I actually like remember I was like, yeah, I think Winnipeg wins this series. Yeah, Vegas I remember. You, I remember gentlemen. coming on here and I was like, "Mackie wants to say Winnipeg's gonna win this series." Oh, I overreacted to the max. I'll t- I'll I'll call myself out on th- on that one. 
Um, I was like, yeah, dude, this team is just, they're, they're just not bought in. And then they turn around and gentlemen sweep. Oilers in six, Stars in six, and they wipe the floor at the Panthers. Um, shut me up real quick. They never had a seven-game series. It's crazy. Do you think the Panthers were shocked that they got stunned like that, or do you think that was like they won their Stanley I, Cup by getting there? I think the I think the uh, the time off really did not help them at all. I think rest versus got, rust. Did dude, it hurt or it, did it help? Mackie thinks killed, it didn't I, help. I think it killed Bobrovsky to be honest, and that was he's been the difference maker in the series. I mean, he had 157 saves in that four game sweep. That's almost 38, 39 saves a game, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, and then you, you don't, you don't play in a game for two weeks and you know, it happens. You, it, you lose your, you lose your, um, your mojo. Yeah. And a lot of guys that are getting first time rings on that side, um, that's something that can never be taken away from as we saw Bruce Cassidy say. Um, so you got to love to see that, uh, guys like, very deserving of it. Eichel, that's hype to see. I mean, he's the man, but you got guys throughout that lineup. Carlson, Marcia, so Stone, Petrangelo grabs another one. Um, a lot of these big... Jonathan Quick adds another Stanley Cup to his resume. That's kind of nuts. Can we, can we talk about Jonathan Quick lifting the cup before Aiden Hill and... Was it Marcia, so He literally touched the cup before the Conn Smythe winner. Yeah, that's respect to the vet. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't Marcia, so Who was it? I'll figure out who it was, but Quick was like... They're passing the cup around. I'm laying in bed watching them pass the cup around. And, like, next thing I know, Jonathan Quick's, like, the sixth person. He was, like, right after the original group to, to all lift it. I was like, what the fuck? I was it's like, Jonathan he, Quick's been there like for, like, nine months. It's not like he doesn't have a cup either. Like, you already, you're a vet. Cool. You already have a cup. You've already done this. Yeah, Back you've done this up. two times, dude. Yeah, they definitely looked to him in the locker room, though, and uh, and he got looked a, for his Quick advice and his leadership. He got a cup before Eichel and Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill. Before Aiden Hill is pretty crazy. I think Aiden Hill should be like second. Give it to Mark Stone. But they, not they even the, though. They, like they let the original as soon as Stone lifted it, he's the captain. Stone did his thing and he handed it off to every player that has been there since the team Carlson, was expansion. Carlson, Mark so Riley Smith was second. Riley Smith, what a um, dog. Braden McNabb. Braden McNabb, yeah. Um, Alec Martinez. Nah, he he's been there since 2017. Makes sense because the last time he scored a relevant Stanley Cup goal was the game was winner over the Rangers. Was the killed your Rangers, Mackey? Fuck you. Wasn't it? Yeah, two, wasn't it year to the day that he put it in the back of the net the other night as well? I think I saw that online somewhere. Uh, I think it was June thirteenth. That was yesterday. Um, I don't that know. was one of the best. He, he talked last goal night. Calls in That's NHL sick. History. He did. He did talk last night. What'd you say, Huff? That was one of the best goal calls in NHL history. That's a, that's so hype. The LA it was Kings double goal overtime. Warm. Instant, instant gloves yeah. off. Instant. Yeah, it's just a... <laughs> Bun- yeah. Bunquist probably had like 55 <laughs> saves against like quick 17. Frame that picture of Lundquist laying on the ice, put in the loof. That was like... That series was like equivalent to this series, except Bunquist stood on his head and made every game a game. Except there's more game. relevant. I mean, literally, this series, they mopped the floor with them. 9-3 to three in the decisive Stanley Cup game. That's you just don't see stuff three. like that. Not gonna That's lie. a bad also, Thursday night dude, football game. It's a it's <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> it's a terrible last game to the NHL season too. Nobody yeah, wants to see a nine to three Stanley Cup win. What? No, it was was it four nothing before the or no, it was two to nah, one. But it was two one five one. Two one, and then they scored. So they scored the first it two was in a minute. Six one and at half, the end of the second. Yeah, and that's they scored what I'm three and four in a minute and a half. In a, yeah, in a minute and a half as well. They were partying in the, in the locker room in the second intermission. Yeah, yeah, they already had the champagne ready. 
That's crazy. They, I mean, they imagine let two be- quick ones, and you could tell they got scared. They were like, "All right, guys, are we gonna score two fucking goals, and then we're and then we literally have it. We can't blow this." <laughs> what do you they, think the they- morale is of the locker room though? When Matthew Kachuk isn't dressed for the game, you see him in street clothes before this game five in Vegas, where you've gotten pumped already. Panthers were dead. They they were dead from the start of that game. I don't think they really had anything going. They came out a little quick. I'd say the first like two three minutes they were they were buzzing a little, but uh. The second it was one nothing. What's five and a half minutes in? It was kind of just like the air was taken out of everything out of them, and uh, they popped another one two nothing. And you know you're sitting on away ice in Vegas, nonetheless, and uh, it's two nothing already. And this team's been dominating you as it is. Uh, yeah, I think I think I just think the confidence was not there for them. I think they knew it was pretty much over. Just an electric team, this Vegas Golden Knights. Seriously, their first. Um franchise Stanley Cup lots of stuff to look forward to for them as a franchise you know just hammering teams every year good stuff there boys one more point out of the NHL the NHL legend Wayne Gretzky's final game worn Rangers jersey from 1999 just sold for a nice $596,000 at auction bidding for that started at $50,000 so just crazy how much memorabilia is going for these days and stuff like that so Pretty interesting there. Here, here's something for you, Ace, Mackie, Jesse. What's, what's the jersey signed? Any athlete, game worn like that, like maybe last game or like something specific that you would want and like you'd pay anything for it if you had all the money in the world. Not personally, uh, but like I'd the want thing I'd, that- here. I'll st- I'll start. I'd want. I'd either want Kobe's. 81 point game jersey or the the one the finals one when he ripped it like this and i'd hope it's like fucking stretched the fuck out i'd be like that's cool as shit oh that's pretty but i'd want both of them signed like you're saying like worth the most yeah like no what what is worth the most to you like what would you want mine would definitely be those two kobe ones like i wouldn't be able to pick i'd be like i'll take either the 81 point or the ring I know mine off the rip. It would definitely be Tom Brady's twenty to three Super Bowl comeback jersey. Yeah, um, I was gonna say yours is definitely a Brady. Yeah, that's that's probably the greatest comeback of all time. Not my favorite Patriots Super Bowl, but I mean that's cemented goat status for anybody that already didn't know. My, yeah, I, I have I so know. I have so much fucking Crosby shit. I was gonna say some Crosby stuff. I have fucking fourteen city Crosby jerseys. The Crosby Winter signed, Classic so. game. Winning. That's exactly what I was thinking of, Ace. That was my <laughs> go-to, honestly. Ace, look at this picture right here, right above my desk. Yeah, those jerseys really are so tough too. Who's that against? Buffalo. The Sabers, yeah. Ryan Miller. Uh You were saying know. it. Maybe. I was literally about to be that picture right there. That's the best picture. It's, which is crazy because that's not, he has Stanley Cup and like Golden Goals. He has all of this, but like that's oh, such oh, an iconic that's a good moment. The, the Canada Golden Goal. For I was gonna say the Canada Golden Goal. If I was a Canadian, like from Canada, yeah, that has to be a must-have. Yeah, of him looking that's like he's solid. fucking tickling his balls and when he's when he's uh, celebrating. Yo, honorable yeah. mention, a crazy one would be the Barry Bonds game-worn jersey from when he broke the record because like that's just sick. Like Barry Bonds is hated on, but like. That's a different one. Nah, Imagine having that. Yeah, he's a dog. LeBron, LeBron's final game, whenever that is. Blocked by James. That one. LeBron's that jersey game, from the yeah. 2016. <laughs> Something you got to tell a good story it. with. Whatever it is has to have a good story with it when people look at it. 
Dude, that's what I'm saying. How cool would the one be like, you, yeah, that's the jersey you, that Kobe went like this with. I was going to say, if you had a LeBron James jersey mounted on your wall of the t- 2016 finals, that's like ultimate. You just brag about that to anyone. Like that's the most. That's yeah, the like I have signed, ever. I have signed jerseys, but none of them are like game worn. You know what I mean? Mm. There's probably no like sentimental value behind it either. Well, the Crosby one I got signed, and then my Cam Hayward one I won. Like I didn't meet Cam Hayward, but like my I have James Harrison. Like I have Latang. I met Latang. Most of the ones I have, I I met, but actually, like I remember meeting them, and getting them signed, but. The, the Hayward one, I have it. I won that. Yeah, the game worn, that'd be tough, though. Good stuff there, guys. Let's shift our focus over to the NBA. The Denver Nuggets come into South Beach and take both games from the Miami Heat as the series shifts back to Denver. Game five, as the Nuggets have a commanding 3-1 series lead. Denver then defeated the Heat in game five of the finals to win the series 4-1 and clinch the franchise's first NBA title. Nikola Jokic was named the NBA Finals MVP. So lots of good stuff there for the Denver Nuggets. What do you what do you guys think? What do we think about this final series just going off? The only thing I wanted to say is that um I was really excited for this finals before it started and I thought it was going to be a really good uh six six or seven game fight but um Miami just didn't play up to par to what uh to what Denver was bringing and I, they just didn't put up the fight I think the role players that were stepping up in the first three rounds just weren't there um Caleb Martin kind of invisible even like Gabe Vincent had that one good game that's about it um Max Drews didn't really step up none of the role players that got them to where they were and with Jimmy being a little injured as well um they just didn't do enough. Bam, obviously getting babied down low by Jokic. Not much you can do about that. But um, the role players got to step up in games like those. And that's why it was a pretty pretty much cakewalk 4-1, 4-1 uh, series win. Can I just say one thing? This is like a radio off the rip tape. But can we just say it now that this series is over? These Florida teams stink. Like they had good runs and they were playing well and they were playing team games. But it's 2023. You need some superstars to win. You need a, a lot of them actually to win. You can have a few superstars and be good, but you need a really good team to win. And the Vegas Golden Knights did it to the Florida Panthers and the Denver Nuggets did it to the Miami Heat. I mean, when you look at these two teams on paper, we're in the regular season here. We're taking them in a parlay because the spread's too high on the money line every time. It's just crazy to me that they had they had great runs to get there, but they just all flopped so hard in the finals. I mean... Not taking any way, anything away from the Nuggets because they did this to the Lakers as well. But these Miami and Florida teams, I mean, come on. Yeah, I I, I wasn't buying the hype with these Florida teams in the final. I, I, I couldn't go against those those Denver Nuggets. I had them to get there, and I went with them in five games. I called this series pretty much to a T. I think I said they were going to get out to a 2-0 series lead. Um, but obviously it was 1-1. It kind of went backwards the, the first four games. But Denver did get, come back with a 3-1 lead. Uh, clinch that thing in five games. Jokic, obviously, we know the kind of series he had, the finals MVP. Um, Jamal Murray, hell of a series. Aaron Gordon came out of nowhere and had a hell of a series for them and the role players, their whole bench. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown. Yeah. I was going to say, Bruce Brown had a hell of a game in game five. Uh, hitting Brown, huge too. shots. Yeah, I was going to say, and then I was going to say bench players like Christian Brown, too. So 
a guy that just wins. I saw the three high school national championships he wins last year at Kansas. Now he wins a ring with uh, Denver this year. So it's all that all that dude does is win. So um, Five and, and then obviously the, the infamous quote from Jokic about the parade. Um, him pissed that he can't go home because he wants to go home to his horses, but they have a parade. I believe the parade's tomorrow. So uh, expecting some some funny Nikola Jokic uh, social media content tomorrow of him on a bus or maybe a. Imagine they bring him out on a horse through downtown Denver, <laughs> dude. There's gonna be they have to bring him out in like a horse content. and stable, like a horse stable thing, you know? Like they should. Like, he, they, they probably gave the idea, but he. I don't think he, he'd probably not be down for that. That'd be pretty cool, though. Yeah, they should bring him out on like a white horse. <laughs> he'd be like, this is disrespectful. Huff, going back to that, what you were talking about, though, you predicted that two O series lead. And and that was something that I thought was going to happen as well. And it was one to one. Remember how many people bought into the hype? Like the lines tightened, the Bucks even bought into it. People thought that the Miami Heat could turn this into a series when they flipped home court advantage. They literally had it, and they went zero and three in those next three games. I mean, we should have just seen that more as the Heat stealing one in Denver instead of just uh, actually giving it a series. Yeah, that's a good point. Denver was uh, just way lot, better, I, to be honest. Th- yeah, you I was just, gonna say people were just—they pl- didn't want to believe how good they were. I think the role players were that good. I mean, everyone stepping up, and then you have the best player in the world, the most dominant player in the world, um, just quarterbacking the entire thing. You're not stopping that. I don't. Not with Miami's role players, but they're undrafted players. That all all that they have, um, Jimmy Butler being injured, Bam obviously not being able to do whatever he can because he has Jokic on him. Um, it's just a the mismatches were just crazy this series. Denver was just way better, way over, way overpowering. Um, yeah, yeah I, good to- I bought it. I bought into Miami too. I can't say I didn't, but the last two games, I was like, I'm done losing money on this team. I can't do it. Yeah, the value was definitely there, especially in the finals. You expect a lot more, but um, it was nice to see guys like Jamal Murray. You saw him celebrating with the owner and whatnot, and he was thanking him for letting him stay for that long. I mean. This Denver Nuggets team has been loading. They've been built the same, but the injuries have crippled their runs in previous years. And uh, the, the bubble, the, he tore his ACL, wasn't it? Yeah, he's out a year, out a whole P- year. Porter Jr. missed some time as well, right? Um, so they he never came really in the league hurt. Yeah, they never really had that true team like Keep they had the right here to match up with them. But it was nice to see. Uh, <laughs> It was nice to see Jimmy Butler at least keep that game close. I mean, I thought the NBA was rigged for a hot second. I'm sure you guys did too on that three-pointer was called a foul. Dude, come on, bro. They wanted that exterior extended, or extended so bad. Some of those calls were just terrible. But Michael Porter Jr. at one point just threw his hands up in the air like, what are you even looking at? They're just trying to get get Jimmy to the free throw line, make him let him hit his free throws, his free points. I... After games like that, I swear to God, it's not a doubt in my mind that there's something going on. Like, You know what's crazy, though, is the fact that Jimmy Butler was getting those calls all night, right? And then game on the line, not the last possession, the second to last one before Bruce Brown hit the put-away free throws. Um, Jimmy Butler had the ball down a point, drives into the paint, and it looks like he's just going to go up and get fouled and go to the line for two, right, to take the lead. Instead, he stops and then kicks it out he- and turns it over. He loves doing that, stopping, kicking it out, and he just forced it because he knew the clock was going down and he wanted the two for one. Get like to the line. Get yeah, to but the he line. He didn't want to put it up because he wasn't getting a foul call at that point. When you're stationary, I mean, you just. He was getting him. No, I'm saying don't stop, though. He should have just kept going. With the way oh, he was yeah, getting him on the, on the definitely. previous possessions, like they were giving him whatever he wanted just to keep the series alive. And 
you literally handed he handed the trophy off. Jimmy Butler, best yeah. assistance of the season. Here's the trophy, Denver Nuggets. Have fun. Um, but yeah, what, what I mean, a if team! Any, if it, if anything, they were just delaying the inevitable. I think Denver was winning regardless. But yeah, that yeah. was just not not a Jimmy Butler play, not a Jimmy Butler playoffs play, I should say. Yeah, I mean they they kind of fell flat on their face as well. One nice thing that was helping me out throughout the series, though, that was covering that value was hitting that Bam had a bio first back. I think it hit three or five games. <laughs> he did. He was cu- he was going off on those. Yeah, I got on too late. I took in the last three, but uh, or last four or something like that. But that the value, I think it was only like plus. I took him four hundred in, in the last game, one. I took him in game four when he was six fifty, but I took it with the money line, so it didn't hit. Yep, I remember that parlay you had. Yeah, it was like 20 bucks. That was crazy. But it, it, the Jimmy 30 points, of course, he gets 28 and misses like six free throws. I'm like, of course. And then we get another finals trophy going to the West now with Denver taking over another Florida team like the Panthers and Heat both going down. I mean, the powerhouses, they had a great run here, the Nuggets. They swept the, the Lakers and LeBron James. Let's not forget that in the conference finals um, before taking care of the Heat. Who else did they beat on this run? Uh Suns, the Suns, a good Suns team Clip, too. Clippers, or Durant. no Nuggets went through no, the Timberwolves, the Suns, and then like the um, yeah, the Timberwolves were the first round. Yeah, that's a, that's a good run though. Those are good teams they had to go through. I mean, no slouches, especially the Suns. That was a not, lot of people's pick to win it this year. Not seed wise, because it was like a if they beat an eight, four, yeah. seven, eight. You're not wrong. But like you're looking at LeBron and the Lakers, a Miami Heat team that's been there three times in the last four years and uh the sun so obviously we know who the sun's are kevin durant john morant lebron james <laughs> jimmy butler they're, they're just naming players <laughs> <laughs> he was too but that's his run that's who he beat on the run he didn't beat memphis yeah, he didn't play memphis they, i thought you said they beat him in the first round minnesota minnesota oh right Cat. Oof, even and. I mean, uh, and. <laughs> I thought you were just and. naming players and they all kind of rhyme. He said John Moran. I was like, he's just rhyming now. He goes Kevin, Kevin Durant, John Moran, <laughs> LeBron James, LeBron. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I mean, Nikola Jokic. Really, the only one he didn't have to knock out was Curry, but he's like Thanos, grabbing all the the stars on his. Uh, on that his is a good fist. Uh, Jimmy Butler's the last one. His horses. But yeah, no, I, I expect them to be in the, the com- last one. How much more in the conversation are they going to be like year in and year out? Um, I saw a rating. Someone had them second to win the finals next year, but I feel like they have to be first. A lot of this team staying together. Young group. I saw one of their. I saw one of their first, but it's funny because coming into the playoffs as a one seed, they had like seventh or eighth highest odds to win the win the uh, whole thing. And mm-hmm. now that they they finally win. Now you're going to make dude. them the highest for next year, like dude. When off. I locked them in. When I locked them in during the first round to win the West, I got plus three seventy five. That's insane. They were up, they were up like two one on the Timberwolves. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but them dropping a game to the Timberwolves early probably spooked everyone out, especially because the, the power that's in the West and like the four seed, the six seed, seven seed were the were the Warriors, Lakers, and uh, Suns. So everyone was scared of the lower seeds this tournament. Meanwhile, the other side, the eight seed, comes out and. In the West, the uh, the one seed powerhouse Nuggets find a way to get out of that. Same exact thing in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
Wow, West ver- the really West weird. Western Conference one seed versus the Eastern Conference eight seed. That is really weird. Same yeah, exact series happened. The one seed one and five. And how many good teams were That's in the glitch. hunt in the in both Eastern conferences? How many good teams didn't make it there? And only in the East. Too, the <laughs> because West that's a glitch. Of, that is a glitch in the Matrix. This is like this. This is what makes me think it's not real life. But yeah, whoever, yeah. whoever's playing 2K on Sim mode, I mean, tough year. I mean, you get the <laughs> heat. You go four one. Yeah, they're like meshing this. Uh, they're playing NHL. in a real life version of your Madden League games. Yeah, right. We're all just pawns in this shit. Too bad we don't know who's controlling the dice, or else we'd be uh, giving it to you all the time. But we yeah, got give me some picks. damn answers. Lots of good stuff there. NBA Finals wrapping up. Denver Nuggets are the NBA Finals champions. I have one more point, though, that happened during the finals. The Miami Heat mascot, Bernie, has been sent to the ER during Game 4 of the finals after Conor McGregor took a skit for a new cooling spray. He was promoting a little too far, striking the mascot two times, and supposedly knocking him out, sending him to the emergency room. Did you guys see that video? Yeah, you can't yeah. take so this man, Conor McGregor. It's so McGregor to do this. Yeah. You can't take this man anywhere, man. Just keep him locked in his house. He gets domestic abuse charges left and right. It's literally yeah. insane. I was never a McGregor guy. And as soon as I saw this, I was like, he was exactly the kind of person I could see that did this. I, I, I kind of like him. I'm not going to lie. I like his, like, his persona, I guess. I don't know. But he's, he's just, like, different. And he doesn't care to get arrested. It's, like, really weird. But I don't know. I, I never was. I never hated is, him, but I never loved him. Like you know, I, I feel like he's like a him. true. Uh, me too, Ace. I always bet against him. I like seeing him lose. In my opinion, I think he's the reason that MMA is what it is today. He did bring in a lot of fans. He's great for the culture, dude, but dude, I me, me personally too. Like he, I did not pay attention to any MMA until he got into the ring with Floyd Mayweather. Ever since then, it's been huge. Really. Not yeah, dude. It, and it wasn't even that big. Like none of my Ace. friends watched it either. Dude. Like, Ace, when did you get into the UFC? My my dad, my uncle, my cousin, like I I used to watch UFC like Tito Ortiz, Forrest Griffin, Anderson Silva. Well, yeah, I would I would have watched before that, Dana I was, White, wasn't it? I was watching back in like, in, like sophomore year of high school, so probably like 2014. Um, That's when the say. fight was, wasn't it? John 2014, Jones, 2015. Yeah, probably around then. Max is not wrong, but I like John Jones. I was a big fan of him. Yeah, John Bones Jones. Yep. Yeah, but he, he he definitely grew grew MMA massively along with Dana White, obviously. But um, I don't know when Dana White took over. Brock Lesnar. I just remember betting on Khabib when he'd beat him. Like I know these guys, I know who Brock Lesnar is. I just don't really remember watching. George I just look up UFC fighters 2010. I just want to see how many of these guys. I look know. up, look up Luke, when Dana Luke White Rockhold. I know some. It's like trying to show me the video game people. Oh, like the guys on the cover? Yeah. Kimbo Slice. Oh, Dana White's been there since 2001. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They bought him. They have, they've, he's been there. Rackman. I didn't know that. Well, I yeah, he brought that no. shit from the ground. I used to love Tito Ortiz. He was my favorite. It wasn't like this like 10 years ago, even like eight years ago. Dude, it used to be in like before the Vegas Gold Knights were a thing, and there was like a huge, a huge arena. They used to have their fights in like casinos. <laughs> they used to have them at the MGM Garden Arena and MGM Grand. Holy shit! It's a, it's I, I hate. It literally doing used it, to be like Joe, fight but. night for gambling, Mackie. They still do fights there, but 
Yeah, the the little guy, like the the new guys, go fight there. They put it. They put it on TV, but there's like the only people that are there. Like there's like folding chairs. Like there's not like actual <laughs> seats. It's like a gym. Alrighty, let's move over to the NFL. The first point I have here is the Minnesota Vikings have released running back Dalvin Cook after six seasons with the team. Cook has been vocal about wanting to play for the Miami Dolphins this upcoming season. What do you guys got on this? Any good insights? Wait, you I, just think, I think the Dolphins are the... Go ahead, I, didn't listen to that. I, I didn't listen. I was going to tell one of you guys to start. I think the I think the Dolphins are definitely the favorite to land him uh, for both the reason that he wants to go there and uh, Florida State guy, um, he's played in that at that arena or at that stadium before, scored touchdowns in that stadium before. I think, and obviously for all the reasons everyone loves what uh, Mike McDaniel's doing down there in Miami, adding guys on both sides of the ball. I think Dalvin Cook would love to slide right into that backfield down there and uh, see what they can do and make some noise in the AFC. Obviously a tough division, a tough conference in the AFC, but. Um, they said, uh, I believe, what was the other team that he could? he's rumored to go to? Does anyone know? It was the Dolphins, and then there was another one. I don't know. Ace, Ace did you know anything? I, I forget the other team that was going for Cook. I'm going to try to look it up. I meant to write it down. I, I think the Dolphins are a great pick for him. Um, he fits that scheme that they kind of go with pretty well. The, the um, track stars? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess, I guess you could put it like that. But, uh, yeah, this team needs to load up. It definitely in a, in a loaded AFC, especially a loaded AFC East. Ace, how do you feel about this? Obviously, Broncos. Broncos were the other one. Yeah, I, I think that the Dolphins' landing spot is much more realistic than the Broncos. I think you really give another year to a guy like Javante Williams. I know Sean Payton and Russell Wilson want to win right now, but if I'm Dalvin Cook, I have my eyes set on South Beach in Miami. Um, like I said to Mackie earlier, the, the track stars there. It takes pressure off of Cook from being that guy. I know that he had Jefferson to do that a bit. In Minnesota, um, and Thielen and other guys before him, like Diggs. But really, to a Tagabula, he can run that read option. He can run the ball. He swings out to his running backs a lot. We saw how successful that was in Miami last year. And this is one of the best teams in, in the division, in my opinion. Um, I picked them to make the playoffs last year. They did. And I think that they have a chance to win this division, honestly, with McDaniels at the helm. Um, just give Tua another weapon. You got Ramsey on the other side, just Tyreek, Waddle. Um, yeah, Davian I just want to see too. Yeah, the speed, the speed on on both sides of the ball is just going to be interesting to see if he signs there. The skill players on this team on both sides of the ball are just pretty insane. I think like we've ever seen before on both sides at least. Um, it's going to be. I I couldn't really tell you much about their line, offense, or defense. So, um, do you guys know anything about that? Uh, their defensive line. I know it's they've got Christian Wilkins there, right? They have some some pieces, but nothing too special. Um, I believe they might have Emmanuel Ogba still. Have to pull up their depth chart. Maybe look into that as we get into the divisions in the upcoming weeks. But uh, we've, we've seen teams like these that are star powered though, and then they you know they get out there and the quarterback has two and a half seconds to make a pass every single time. They're getting no defensive pressure on the quarterback. Um, we've seen things like this not work out before, so. Um, Star players are nice, skill players are great, but uh, the line's really where I feel like you win win football games. Yeah, you're not wrong. The Raquan trenches. Davis is another one guy. We, Ace, we were forgetting Ace Emmanuel Og, but Jalen Phillips, the guy yep. that drafted. I mean, they, like Bradley like you said, Chubb, they, they, they have a good D line. Oh yeah, Bradley Chubb. That trade they brought him at the deadline. Oh, no, they year. do have Bradley Chubb. But still, the game's won in the trenches. Obviously, their O line's not anything perfect, but let's not jump the gun and say Cook's going there just yet. 
it adds another wild card into the mix. We're already waiting on Zeke. We're already waiting on D Hop. Now, when do we think D Dalvin Cook's going to sign? I hope these guys just ink with a team soon, but it's, it's getting crazy out Every there in the NFL right now. I feel like everyone's waiting on D Hop at this point. Dude, Ace, if you're an NFL veteran, six, seven years in the league, you know you're a starter on any team you're going to go to, like Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins, you're waiting until after training camp to take the $16 million. Yeah, you're not wrong. And the same thing is, like, you got to find the best landing spot, too. See how everything shakes out. There will be where, an injury in training camps. Where do you want to live, too? Like, like where do, you're going to probably ink a, a multi-year deal, I'd assume. So you got to figure out where you're going to relocate to as well. A lot of factors go into it. So I, I agree, but I'm just impatient. Like, come on, somebody sign somewhere. Do we, something. As the fan, we want it now. But yeah, I'm definitely, I, I, as the player, I definitely see how they, why they wait. Mm. So they drive the supply and demand up. It's like, oh, now someone's hurt. Now you need a running back. Who you signs wanted first? Before. Who signs first? D-Hop, Zeke, or Cook? I think Cook. I think D-Hop. I think D-Hop as well. He's the most active, at least, or at least most public about it's it. It's kind of like it's kind of like when KD was like, everyone's like, "Where's KD going?" Nobody's signed, or nobody's making trades. Nobody's doing anything until KD signed with the Suns or got traded to the Suns, and then everyone, all the players, were tweeting like, "Finally, like now we can get moved and shit, and like things can happen." Obviously, another point as we're gonna get to in our NFL notes, but maybe they need someone like Dalvin Cook to reset that. The running back market, if he can get that bag, it might shake everything out for everybody else. You've seen a lot of grumblings from guys like Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, um, who else out there? Zeke, Lenny, uh, Cook. A lot of guys are still waiting to find teams. I saw a list of it the other day. They want to form like some running back union, huh? But Yeah, they uh, want their own union. Yeah, but I, I don't see that as a true option. I just think one guy needs to get paid kind of soon, fairly soon, and then it'll set the market for everybody else. But who's going to spend Henry on a running back? Their, Remember I think what Derrick we said? Henry was their chance a couple years ago. Remember what we said? You don't need a star, highly paid running back to win a Super Bowl. Look at the last few winners. But boy, would I take Dalvin Cook in my offense. The Cleveland Browns have unveiled their new logo for the upcoming season. It is a bulldog in the winning logo is option number two in the final round of the Browns fan vote. It was created by Houston Mark, a designer who sought to create a logo that displayed the intensity and passion of the fan base while including several symbols that highlight the history of both the franchise and Cleveland. The logo will be predominantly displayed in future merchandise and other team use. So I haven't seen anything of that being on the jersey or like on the helmet, excuse me, or anything like that, but... I don't think it's ever going to be on the helmet. No. I think they're always going to have the classic ugly, just plain orange helmet. Right. No, they have but, to keep that helmet. That's so iconic, but I could see it on a patch on a shoulder or something like that. Definitely coaches on the sidelines wrapping it for sure. Like, is it going to be their new official logo instead of no. instead of the orange helmet? I think it's going to be the, I think it's going to be the helmet. I would agree. It'll always be the helmet. I would agree. Yeah, it's like, especially with a lot of teams, like open. you've seen the NFL open up the uh, jersey requirements. I think that took effect last season, right? Or is it the last season? Yeah, a lot of teams going to their throwbacks. Um, you could see the Browns institute this on some type of alternate, but I think it's really just going to be on gear and sideline gear, fan gear. I'm I'm laughing at the you said a designer who sought to create a logo that displayed the intensity and passion of the fan base. What about the football team? This is the logo for a football team. Why are we worried about what the fan base is <laughs> I, representing? I agree. I thought well, I, I because was, that fan base has been through a lot. They deserve it. It's also sure. you you're playing for the fan base. That's your <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the money comes from, kind of. They so. had an 0-16 I mean, right. parade less than a decade ago. 
I mean, you got to keep your fans around somehow after having this much trauma. So yeah. you got to think of the fans. Huff, you said it. I mean, if this is just going on merchandise, just aim it at the fans. Yeah. At least they're well, public the, about it. The other thing is, though, you could see this on the field. The logo on the field would be pretty cool as well. Maybe. Um, didn't they have the elf at center field last Dude, year? Definitely replace that. Dude, Brownie the elf. Classic. Huff loves the elf. I think you're the only <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, Huff's like, don't talk shit about that. <laughs> Oh, I know. He's, no, he's probably not mad because his his bumblebees go running down that field and put up a bunch I was of points. Say, we, except for that one time in the playoffs, mm-hmm. more recently. I was gonna say my my <laughs> my recent history that I like to bring up is Antonio Brown kicking that fucking punter right in the face. Oh, legendary! Yeah, yeah that was this. That was was that before or after the Vontez perfect hit where he got CT? That was before. That was when he was no. That was when he was he was AB. He was he was untouchable at that point. <laughs> he kicked it in the face. You know, I don't even think he got thrown out of the game. I just remember Miles Garrett then, and Mason though. Rudolph too. That's a good that was one. something, truly. Yeah. Yeah, those pesky Browns. Oh, I was having this debate the other day. Now that we're just on the Browns, real quick, I was having this debate the other day about the AFC North coming in the season. People love putting so much expectations on this team that never does anything more so than the Jets. I guess I get the Jets hype because of Aaron Rodgers and whatnot, but like this Browns team, like what? I, like I expect more of Deshaun Watson. I know we'll be better with a full off season, but they're going to be in the floor of that division no matter what. I think the Steelers are a solid team. People disrespected Kenny Pickett. I was having this debate literally last night. I, I'm not the big, that high on him. I, you can pull my clips from last year saying I'd bet against him because of Kenny Pickett. But I think he's good enough, and that defense is so elite. Great coach. They're going to finish third in the division and push for a wild card spot. I think the Browns are going to be in the cellar, per usual. Pass funnel defense wide open, and Deshaun Watson is not even close to what he once was. I agree. I'm not interesting sure about to see. the Steelers are getting third in the division, but the rest of it, yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily. You know, that's a tough division. Two, two, that. two really I, good. It's so hard. It's like yeah, everyone in the division goes one and one against each other. I think the Browns. Yeah, but I think this Browns team might be worse than expected. I know that people have high expectations. Um, yeah, except for us against the Browns, but everyone sweeps the Browns. Yeah, I don't think the. I have no faith in this Browns team, and that's not even being a biased Steelers fan. I just they have they still have guys like Garrett and like. I, I, just, I don't know. They just people chub. like the Zadarius Smith move, bring him off the edge. I don't. They had Jadavion Clowney in that spot recent years work. ago, and it didn't It didn't work. Their pass defense is terrible. I know they have JOK that they brought in the linebacker over the middle. He's pretty good, but this offense like is still stagnant. They have an old aging Amari Cooper who's playing well, but he's aging. They don't have any other mm-hmm. weapons on the outside. Donovan Peoples-Jones, yeah, he plays well, but he's nothing to worry about. And I know they have Nick Chubb, one of the best in the league, but they don't even use him the right way. I mean, Watson looked like a shell of himself last year, and they're going to need big improvement if they want to make any noise. Who do you think is a better? Who I, do you think is a better bounce back year, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. I like Sean. Payton. I, Not even close. I, I think Deshaun. No. I, I I don't. I think you guys are crazy for this. I don't. I you don't think Deshaun's going to be good at all? I mean, yeah. He gets to play the Ravens, Bengals, and Steelers defense twice. That's not fun. They're in the two hardest yeah, divisions. I mean, Ross gets to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the, I mean the Raiders. I think I Ross has a better chance. I don't think the, I don't think Denver's that good. I don't think the team around. I think the Browns around Deshaun Watson is better than than Denver around. Why Ace? Why do you think the Browns are so bad? No, well, I I just think they're. they're I've I've been hearing too much. Hype I guarantee about them. you. I guarantee you they have a. Oh, I'll say they have a winning record this year. I think they have at least nine wins. Oh, I don't think so at all. And they, they fumbled the bag with I better teams. I think there's a scenario. 
I think there's a scenario where we could see every single team in the AFC North with a winning record. No, no. I think it's a tight division, but I don't think it's as good as people think it is. Um, they do have a light schedule this year. But going back to that Broncos Why? versus Browns talk, I think that I, if I'm a quarterback, I would much rather have the Broncos supporting cast than the Browns. I would too. Javante Williams, uh, Cortland, Cortland Sutton, Jerry uh, Tim Judy, Patrick, okay. Jerry okay. Judy, okay. KJ What's, Hamler, Albert O. KJ, I mean, you know you're just naming players, but... The Browns would kill. Wide receiver, receiver one against wide receiver one, you're taking Amari Cooper over Cortland Sutton. Nick Chubb over... Yeah, 100%. Give no. me the look give, at the, but here, look but at here, the num- give me the, look give at me the, the numbers. Bron- look, look give at me the, the Broncos too over the over the Browns. Too. Well, the, well, we're also okay. forgetting who the Browns got. They have Elijah Moore. They brought him in. That was a good move. Um, he still hasn't proven himself in the league too much yet, but he he could be dynamic. The, the Browns, Browns have a better running back. The Broncos have really a better look- receivers. Mac, you take this back it. to your trenches talk from earlier. This is one thing that really got me about the Browns. Remember when they were supposed to win the Super Bowl? That year after they made the playoffs or whatever, and like Baker was going to be hyped and they fell flat on his face. They had that O line that was all world and they were all in the Pro Bowl. I think that that O line is so overrated. They played terrible last year and that's so important. The D line, besides Miles Garrett, he's the only one getting pressure. And guys like Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and uh, who's that safety there? Grant Delpit aren't living up to expectations, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it's a situation where you can obviously look at it either way. I'm just I, I'm I'm a little higher on this team than you are. Um, I don't know. I just think they have a little more potential than you're giving them. Sean Watson's gonna have a really good season. Um, he came into a team that was four four or five games under 500 last year, hasn't played a game in a year and a half. So it's tough to come into that situation. Another team that you don't even know, you've never played a game with. So you you get some you get some chemistry between those guys. Him and Amari Cooper could be a lethal duo. Um, and I'm I'm pretty much expecting them to be. And you have a stellar back back uh and nick chubb so yeah if you I, give I think the this offense can the offense can make noise and, and that's what they did kind of last year so you you throw deshaun watson in that offense and uh give him some confidence and i think that team could def- definitely win nine games and they can definitely be a playoff team um they give up way too many points on the other side of the ball though which kills them um if they can give the ball to nick chubb 30 to 35 times a game they don't commit to that which is insane to me if you do that they'd win so many more games but they do not connect to nick chubb Maybe uh, releasing Kareem Hunt would help that. But um, I don't know. If you remember my talk about Russell Wilson, and I thought he played poorly because he doesn't train in the offseason anymore. And I think he's going to this year after a bad year last year. Like, was Deshaun Watson not even with, like, a personal coach or anything? Because what surprised me the most no, he, was his he athleticism. <laughs> was his athleticism, though. Like, he was... Remember how fast he was on the Texans? Yeah, did he lose he's, that? He, like, is it gonna come get back? His feet back. I mean, he, you don't lose I, that I though. You, like, you what? Gotta, what are you, you working five, on? You got a five-game sample size. I mean, I I get it. It's five games, five weeks to get into get into shape, but uh, it, it's tough. You, you you never know like how it is for the player. Um, he could be working his ass off this, this off season, getting working with his teammates that he can actually uh get a full season in with with this time. Uh, he's an athlete, and he's. Last we know we knew of him, he was a top five quarterback in the league. So I just wouldn't throw that out the door. He's not even. Do you think he, he returns to form 20? though? Do you think he returns I, to that I form? I think he, I think he can get close. I mean, the athleticism obviously declines after three years. At this point, it'll be almost three years by the time he gets back out there. 
Um, you're not as athletic you, as you were three years ago, no matter how old you are. But um, I, I think he still has that in him. And I think the only problem with him is that he missed the maturity. He missed two years of maturity. Um, at, at his peak, at his peak, though, even with the te- I, I think a better Texans team, or at least very similar, because they had D-Hop was way younger than Mari Cooper, definitely better, but he had a good wide receiver, and then he had a good edge rusher on the defense, J.J. Watt, similar to Miles Garrett. Um, the Texans had a 24-0 lead against the Chiefs. That Texans team had a 24-0 lead in the in the AFC Championship game. So, Or was that the the, the, the game before the wild AFC card. Championship? Wild card. It was a wild card. Yeah. 24 nothing lead against a team that won the Super Bowl that year. So, um, they were good. They're they're in my opinion they were better than this Browns team is. Yeah, definitely. But that's saying a lot. That that Houston team was definitely top caliber. So yeah, I'm just saying he has to return to that form or better if they want to make any noise in the NFL. But it's it's gonna be well, a big I'm question not, mark. It's gonna be a big question. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You, you, like, I'm you expecting nine wins. I'm not they saying they could contend exactly. for the seventh seed. I don't think that they're going to be contenders for anything after that, but I think yeah. that they can contend for a wild card spot. I, I disagree, but it really just depends on Deshaun Watson. We'll have to monitor how he does in these preseason games. Exactly. It's all about how he does. Yeah, for sure. All righty. Let's jump forward to the MLB after we finished up there in the NFL. Let's go over our power rankings for this week. At number five, we have the Texas Rangers. At number four, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Number three, the Baltimore Orioles. Number two, the Atlanta Braves. And still sticking at number one, the Tampa Bay Rays. Solid effort there for all those teams coming into this week. What do we see happening this week, boys, going into our next bar ranking? Just these uh, these Braves and Diamondbacks don't seem to lose. Braves are on fire. I just want a doubleheader today. Um, Diamondbacks kind of got spanked last night, but they've definitely, I think they're eight and two in their last 10. They're on fire. Best team in the NL right now. So, um, yeah, the, the top is very top heavy. Top five teams, I think are pretty self-explanatory. And after that, you obviously have like Astros, Yankees, Dodgers sitting right outside. But, um, I don't think either of them have a, have a, even, a a case to be in the top five. I think this, yeah, this, and- this is a pivotal series here for the Phillies and Diamondbacks, not for the Diamondbacks. They just need to get out of this one. They played like weird baseball, but this could be a turning point in the Philly season where they really start to turn it up and be that team they're supposed to be. Feel good about beating one of the first place teams in the league at the current. Um, but yeah, great to see the D-backs there. Orioles and Rays leading in that tough ALE, so you got to give them the nod. Yankees right there with them too. Uh, I'm excited to see these Marlins. I hope they can keep pushing along. My boy Yuri Perez is going to get sent down, sadly, as that limit inning limit restriction comes along for him, the 20-year-old down in South Florida, but um, they're getting Trevor Rogers back, so they'll be good. Uh, Dodgers, they, they could bounce back up as well, so a lot of good baseball teams going on. Huff, I don't know what you think about these rankings. I'm, I love this Baltimore team. I, I really like it. It's a team that I look at their odds every single time they're playing. They've been underdogs still consistently in most of their games, and I don't, I mean, not as much at home lately, but a lot of these road games, they're underdogs, and they're picking up wins on the road. They've been on fire lately. That's a team I've been riding. And then you said it, the Braves and obviously the Rays up there at one. They've been there since we started uh, releasing these. And uh, the the Diamondbacks, pretty much the surprise of the of the season so far. We've seen what Corbin Carroll's done for them. And Texas Rangers, a little bit slipping. And obviously, we know what happened with DeGrom getting the, the season-ending uh, Tommy John surgery. We talked about that. So that's going to affect them a little bit going down the road. But I feel like they still have a really good lineup to stick around and get them their wins that they need. But 
Um, yeah, this Baltimore team, uh, that's one team I've been riding, and they're really fun to watch. But um, like you said, the Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, all sitting right outside there, and they're all teams that will be there in October, or you know what I mean, September, October. Yeah, those are the contenders, those three you just mentioned, and I'm eager to see which between the Rangers and uh, Diamondbacks are pretenders. But that mm-hmm. a long season ahead of us, and we'll see how these who hangs around by that all-star break because that's when you can see moves to really push a team to get to that final uh, run, kind of like the Royals did a few years ago. Um, even if you're a pretender or whatnot, you can really catch fire. So pivotal month here before this all-star break coming up for a lot of these teams. Good stuff, boys. Yeah, every week we release those power rankings on Instagram and Twitter, so make sure you check those out each week. Going back to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates legend Andrew McCutcheon earned his 2,000th career hit on Sunday in a matchup against Mackey's New York Mets. So a great accomplishment there for Andrew McCutcheon, number 22. 2,000 hits for the boy. Anything to say, Huff? He got his first hit against the Mets, too, which is pretty cool. They got his first yeah, I was going to say, cool. goes, so. they showed the video from the first to the 2,000th, and they were both against the Mets. I thought that was pretty cool, but... Uh, definitely my favorite pirate of my lifetime, Andrew McCutcheon. See him get 2,000 hits, come back here, and uh, sitting here, what is it, June 14th, if you would have told me he'd have his 2,000th hit and the Pirates would be 34-31 and 31 in first place in the division, I'd say you're crazy. So uh, I'll take my chances with uh, where we go the rest of the season. I said it a couple of weeks ago uh, when they started to slip, and now they've kind of caught a little bit of fire winning a couple series in a row. Um, they lost one two. Uh, Oakland, they lost uh, two out of three to Oakland, but then Oakland went up to Milwaukee and swept them part of this win streak that they're on. So uh, Pirates have maintained with a little bit of help from the rest of the division losing some games, but um, McCutcheon's having a great year so far leading off playing DH. So um, I've been, I'm excited to see what he, what he's able to do with this really young team when they get Cruz back. And if we're still in a playoff spot, I really like what we're, what this team's going to be able to do. Yeah, I like McCutcheon. I've always liked him. I even root, I hundred I even rooted for him when he left. When he was a Philly Giants, uh, I think those are the only other two teams he played for, correct? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. I know him I think I know him the most in Milwaukee. Don't say that. Well, no, other than Pirates is what I'm saying. Obviously I think of the Pirates and I think of McCutcheon, but like other than Pirates, I definitely think of Really? Yeah, I guess he did spend like two or three years there. The mo- that's where he came from. Like, that's where he I definitely up. think Pirates. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, obviously Pirates, <laughs> but like. Who was the other team you said? Was Giants and Phillies. Phillies. Was Giants? Yeah. Phillies. He went from the really Pirates. He started with the Pirates, and then he went to San Francisco for, I think, a year or two. And then he, went to- he got traded to the Phillies, and then he went to Milwaukee, and now he's back with us. I don't really remember him being in Philly. He was hurt. I remember him in, in uh, San Fran, though. Lots of good stuff there for Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, let's hope these Pirates can stay in gear and keep pushing along, hopefully make it to the playoffs this year. I'm really hoping for it. All righty, next point. Earlier this week, JT Realmuto hit for the cycle versus the Diamondbacks. He's the first Philly to do so since David Bell in 2004. It's a great accomplishment there. Any comments on that one, boys? Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably one of the top catchers in the league. Having a rough year. Um, I think you can go ahead and put uh, you can put a couple guys ahead of him like Adley Rutschman and Sean Murphy, but he's still one of the better catchers in the league. That's why the Phillies paid him from the Marlins. 
And like I said before, I think the Phillies are going to start turning a corner. Too good of a team to be playing the way they are. And uh, maybe this will spark him and the rest of the boys. Good stuff. And our final point in the MLB, we have the All-Star game approaching just under one month away. July 16th, that game will be played. Current All-Star game leaders are Shohei Otani for the American League and Ronald Acuna Jr. for the National League. Curious to hear, you guys got any uh, good comments on what is coming into this All-Star game? Some players just picking it up and who do we want to see there and what do you guys think? Not much. This All-Star weekend is obviously a, a good time. It's fun to see the Home Run Derby. I really don't usually watch the actual All-Star game. just really watch uh, the Home Run Derby, but it's a good time. Fun to watch. Obviously, Joe ahead of the list right there. Um, him being a dual threat obviously escalates him a little more than everybody else, but um, well-deserving. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the stat the other day after his two-home run night the other day for the Angels. He's up to over 100 keys on the mound and over 20 home runs at the plate. That's pretty insane if you ask me. got to be odds-on favorite for sure. Top five in both. Yeah, like he's just a stud. He does it night in and night out. These other pitchers require so much rest. Meanwhile, he's out there grinding at bats and hitting dingers, leading the AL you, now too. Do you think it like? Do you think that they're like they need the rest? Do you think they're just like four days off back back at it again? Well, if you just see the pitchers, even from a young age, they're pretty pampered. Uh, those POs, you know, um, they're used <laughs> to their strict schedules. But you see all the arm injuries, guys like Degrom and Sale. If you don't take care of it the right way, then you might end up. Um, you might end up weary at your old age, but on the other side of the on the other side of the league, Ronald Acuna Jr. is having a career year. I mean, he's the best player in the league by far. Hit another home run today in Game Two of the doubleheader. But that guy's a stud, and that Braves team's really good. Mac, he's repping the hat right now. But I talk about this a lot in our primetime posts when I put him there. But he's got a lot of protection in the lineup. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. You you can't just stay away from him because you have good bats right behind him as well. Um, he's just been dynamite, stealing bases in the field, hitting bombs, just the life of the whole team. He changed the culture ever since he came along. Um, a lot of other guys that are deserving, though. As we get closer, I know we'll take a look at some of these brackets and lineups and how they're hanging out, but happy to see this. I'm a big All-Star Game fan. I watch all of it. All righty, for this week's segment, we're going to do a start, start bench cut with some future bets that we're going to present to each other. We're going to start it off. Huff, I think, is going to ask Mackie to get us going. Yeah, these are no specific, not necessarily anything I like or Mackie likes, just trying to present three things and trying to see which which way he would go. I know one of them is one of his teams, so I think maybe uh going to have a little bit of bias there, but he's a realistic fan, so we'll have to see. So the first one, uh, Mackie, obviously I'll tell you all three, and then you make your decision. So I have the Rays to win the AL at plus 240. The Bengals to win the Super Bowl at plus 1,000. Or Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East at plus 175. Ooh. Ooh. I wanted to give you one, like, long odds. All right. So, I'm going to have to cut the Rays just because, dude, baseball is so streaky. Anybody can go on a streak. And it's a 162-game season. I don't want to overreact with them. It'll be 65, 70 games into the season. So, um, yeah, I got to cut that one. I'm going to sit the Dallas Cowboys at plus 175 to win the division. Um, so there is a curse in the NFC East. The back that, like, to back. You, 
you can't win back to back. And like, obviously it's gotta be between Dallas and the Eagles this year, but the Eagles are so good. And I I'll say this to anybody. I tell Beal all the time, like the Eagles are good, dude. They're a top four, top five team in the league. And Dallas just isn't. Um, I think they kind of dropped off a little from last year. So um, obviously love my boys, but now nah, I'm going to, I'm going to bench them and then I'm going to start um, Bengals to win the Super Bowl just because Dude, Joey Burrow can go out there and go on a playoff run whenever he wants. And that team is built for it. They've been there before. They know what they're dealing with. And the odds on plus 1,000, um, you got to love you probably it. And, could find, yeah. You probably could find 1,100 or maybe a little better, maybe a little worse. Who knows on all yeah. these? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough AFC, AFC to get through. Obviously a tough path. But, uh, dude, Joey Burrow is good. And you want one of the best quarterbacks in the league, top two in my opinion, uh, to get you there. Yeah, the, I think that's exactly how I would have done that. All right, Ace. 76ers to win the Eastern Conference at plus 600. Um, Yankees to win the Yankees to win the division at plus 550. <laughs> and uh shit, what was my other one? Um probably the Bills. <laughs> it was NFL, fuck, what was it? I think it had something to do with the Patriots. Oh yeah, Pats to win the division at plus eight hundred. So we got Yankees. Plus- I, I I already know this is an easy answer for me. Um, I'll I'll go right right off the rip <laughs> He's for like, you. I know what you said. <laughs> I'll go I'll go Yankees to win the division. I was looking at that myself. I don't know if they can catch the race because they're on fire, but I like that value for a good team. Um, second one, I'm gonna bench the Patriots to win the division at plus eight hundred, and I'm gonna cut the 76ers to win the East at uh, <laughs> plus six hundred. Um, not not too big on that team at all. I think there's a lot better teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, you always have to worry about. And then there's a lot of other teams that are coming up as well. But yeah, the Patriots, uh, great value too, to put on the bench, plus 800 in a NFC East that has a lot of question marks. I mean, Rodgers in his first year, Tua, can he stay healthy? And the Bills, Stephon Diggs drama and the heartbreak, that team's just do. I think I've talked about the demise of that one going as well. But I think the Yankees got to have the best best spot there. Start them for sure. You said plus five fifty. That's crazy. It's only yeah. it's only June. I mean, how many games are they realistically back? We got to assume that these Rays cool off a bit. Eight. Yeah, we have to assume these Rays cool off a bit. And we have those Yankees creeping up our leaderboard week in and week out. So I could see that definitely happening. But some good odds nonetheless. I like those picks, Mackie. So I for Jesse, I got three right here. Um, they're all at plus odds, some a bit safer than others. So I'm eager to see it's, This one's tough too. Cause you're a Steelers fan. Um, but I still like this. So we'll go with the Ravens to win the division at plus 275. We'll go with Shohei Otani to lead the MLB in home runs at plus 350. And we will go with the Houston Astros to win the American league West at plus 100. <laughs> what's, what's, what's Shohei at right now? How many home runs? I think he's like 21 or 22. Yeah, I think you said. Is he in the lead? In the AL. Yeah, he is. Because Judge and uh, Tra- or Judge and um, Alonzo are right there, but they're both injured. Dude, I might take that. Yeah, it's a good but odds. Go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to start Otani to uh, lead in home runs at the end of the season. And then... There's good value on both of those, too. Mackie's like, I could bet those. <laughs> I'm cutting the Ravens. 
I don't. I, I don't know. They're going to be good, but well, they're going to be good, but I don't know. Like, are they going to? You said win the division, correct? Right. Oh, that's. Oh. What were the odds? Plus two seventy five. What was the other one? The the Astros to win yeah, their then, division in baseball, the AL West at plus one hundred. And I don't hate that either. I mean, ooh. there's some value there for sure. Oh. Yeah, yours is hard. That's tough. Those last two get me because yes, the Ravens are going to be. Pretty darn good. I think they're gonna be all right this Jesse. season, right? But like, the oh. Bengals are plus one hundred to win the division. I, I, I low-key want higher odds on the wow. Ravens. Personally, I want three Jesse, to one I, or higher. I think I would go same same as you to be honest. I I would do that just because I'd want a little more juice on the Ravens. I'd want like three twenty five or higher. Shop Ace, that one too, around. Too tough for the division. Ace, that one that was good. That was really pretty good. I got you. All right, I, I want to. <laughs> I want a little different with mine, in my opinion. But you ready, Huff? Yeah. Browns under nine and a half wins. Vegas to win the cup next year plus thirteen hundred. Same as it was it when we were looking at it. Mm-hmm. And then Broncos over eight and a half wins. <laughs> See the Browns total set at nine and a half. That's what I'm telling yeah. you guys. Uh <sighs> Mac, you did say nine wins. I'm going to take... I'm going to start the Browns under nine and a half. I like... It's tough division. We just said that. I'll start that. Nine and a half. I like that. Is the under... Do you, did you see the odds on that? Is the under favorited? The under is favorited. It's 125. Yeah, I felt like it would be. I'd take the under on that. Um, I'll bench the uh, the Knights. To repeat, it's tough in the NHL, but you get like kind of like what Mackie said with the with the Bengals um, on the Super Bowl when you can get a team that good. And uh, I know the the West isn't really the the dominant series or the dominant conference in the NHL. I definitely feel like Vegas could uh, add a couple pieces, and once they figure out their goaltender situation with these four different goaltenders that they played in the playoffs or three, and then they had the fourth one ready to go, um, I definitely see could see Vegas uh, there at the end of the season next year. And then, uh, I as much as I love Ross, I am gonna I am gonna cut the the Broncos over eight and a half wins. I just feel like it's a tough division when you're playing Pat Mahomes twice a year, when you're playing Herbert twice a year, when you're playing. I know this. Uh, we don't really know what's going on with Vegas, but still a tough division and uh, kind of a new a new look Broncos team with Sean Payton. Um, I, I'd probably sit the Broncos over eight and a half wins. I I think the only right answer or cut there it, is cut to- it. Sorry. I think the only right answer there is to uh, start Browns under nine and a half, just with the value there. But um, other that that's good. That, that was a good. Those are three. Huff, good picks. if your if your boy Ross doesn't get over eight and a half wins this year, is he done? He, I'd probably, I, I'd probably bench uh, Denver over eight and a half. I was wins thinking, and, I was thinking that too. But thirteen to one, the like kind of the thing I said, like the West isn't. You know what I mean? Like they're definitely the so, favorite to come out of the West next year again. It's so hard to. I mean, you have the Avalanche who are going to yeah. step back up. You have the Oilers. Um, Chicago's getting Bedard. Be good again. Chicago's got a few years, but I, I, I just don't think it's so hard to 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 uh to pee in. Uh, I feel like you, I feel like you'd be able to get better odds at some point on Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Even like for sixteen sure. to one. Yeah, these this is a day after the cup, you know. Definitely <laughs> gotta wait for some offseason moves and things like that. But I think that's all we got for this episode, episode forty two here in the books. 
lots of good stuff 92. to look forward to. How many episodes did we have last season? 50-something? We're coming up on 100 here, boys. Overall, uh, we'll be we'll be well in the NFL season when we hit the century mark. All right, sounds good. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, stay tuned for the plays. It's gonna be all baseball from here on out. Uh, maybe a little bit of golf, uh, UFC stuff mixed in. We'll try that with uh, no NHL and NBA as we see uh, value on the stuff. I know we get the U.S. Open this weekend. Uh, we've got a chef for plus six fifty. Drop the play right now. You're going, Scotty. Dude, how can you not? He's the best golfer in the world. I'm probably. The hardest course in the world. Yeah, I don't you know. See, do you see these conditions? It's absolutely insane. There's a 290 yard par three. Par three, yeah. That's crazy. I did see that. And the roughs are like five inches long the, or something. The rough. See, like if we were to play that course, we would lose 45 balls because you hit a ball into the rough and you're not finding it. You're exactly right. But that's going to do it for me. Alrighty. That's all for Here us. We out. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.